uh, by show of hands, who was here last week and uh, had got an opportunity to hear Moen share his story, or you've had an opportunity via the podcast, or anyway, if you didn't hear that story last week, I encourage you to, the audio is available on the podcast and then YouTube, you'll be able to see the video of um, Mark, who's lead pastor at our Barrow campus, um, him uh, doing a Q&A with Moen, just like I did last week, and I'd just like to come back to that story. Because if you, if you missed it, Moen has this incredible story of God's provision and goodness over a number of years. And I won't go into all the details now, but, you know, it, it struck me. Sometimes I read the Bible and I go, that's all good and well, God. And it makes sense to me, but do you do that stuff today? And then hearing Moen's story last week, where, you know, he travels to three or four different countries. He, his first Bible is de- delivered to him in a taxi. Like, did you imagine that under, the, under darkness? Like, you know, some taxi rocks up and then he finds... No, no one to explain really the scriptures to him and understand what it means, but he begins to read the gospel for himself and comes into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. And I couldn't help but, you know, in my mind as he was speaking, going like, oh, you know, that... That's in scripture a lot, like people having to deal with unforeseen circumstances, and, but yet God makes a way. God finds a way of intervening and intersecting in their life. How many of us would say, that's not my story? How many of us would say, like, if, by a show of hands, we would go, oh, uh, I was born into a Christian family and I became a Christian and now I'm a Christian and I'm here and please don't ask me to share my story because that's all I've got. <laughs> that, would be a, that would probably be a heap of us in really clunky terms. But whether that's your story or you've got a story like Moen's, I came away after last week going, God, you are doing what you did in the scriptures is exactly what you're doing now. You still transform lives and you have an incredible way of getting our attention and meeting us right where we need to be met. In the story that we've listened to this morning of Elisha, it's, it's incredible. Like the, a beautiful city and in, in, the stood of it, in the midst of it stood this amazing plain and really kind of a, a, a city of luxury. And there's, imagine in your mind, there's fig trees and palm trees and fields and all that kind of stuff. And things at times did grow really prolifically. And I don't know if you caught it in the passage from 2 Kings. And I think like, this could so describe us. They, they come, Elijah rocks up and they, and they have seen the power of God at work in Elisha's life and his mentor, Elijah. It's really confusing when they have similar names, but they had seen God at work through these men and they've gone, oh, maybe here's someone who can do something about our situation. And did you catch it? Where they're like, our city is amazing. Our lives are incredible. You should see it. Like, it is, it is absolutely great to live here. There's just one thing. There's just one thing. Just one small thing, what, like we don't, we don't have water. We don't have good water. And uh, if truth be told, um, everything's kind of slowly dying. But uh, maybe it's not that big a deal. I read through this verse and I think, are they kind of underselling their situation here? They're overselling the good bits and underselling their need. And uh, where the, the, the word that Megan used was a good one, barren. 
barren. So it was, it was, it's this sense that the word means like, not that everything was just dry and desolate, but that things, imagine a plant growing, a, a fruit tree at home. This word barren means the fruit tree grows and it looks really good, but then no real fruit ever grows. So can you put yourself, let's put ourselves in the shoes of those people where everything appears to be really good and there's the promise of fruit and prosperity, but it just never quite makes it. There's just this one thing. And like we were talking about with the kids, this story is clearly meant to reflect our hearts and our lives as well. And that city is just like so much of our world where, you know, beautiful cities, but at the heart of things, just the fruit never grows. As one writer put it, it's like there's been a corruption. This sense of the water is polluted and and corrupted. Does this sound like any lives that you know? That, just like that city, a person might go, oh, I I have everything, but when you listen quietly, you hear them say, but there's just this one thing. Just this one thing that isn't quite right. We just have this innate recognition of brokenness in our life. And this is the story that we're reading. Like, and the, the image is one of salty water. Like, There's something that needs to be fixed here. There's something that needs to be restored and made whole. And I just think, oh, the number of... I, I wonder if those, those city people, what they tried previously to, to remedy that situation... I won't try and hide the fact that I find um, parenting teenagers really challenging, and especially when it comes to social media. And so I just think what a... Social media is like the best and worst thing ever created, like social internet. It's, it's just incredible. But one thing I really value about it is it's like a microcosm of what's happening across our society. And so one of my kids will show me something on, on social media or the internet, and they'll go like, oh, like, okay, and we'll begin to dissect it together. And the amount of people that make promises, like of what is going to actually make the water in their life pure, their heart pure, is absolutely incredible. And I just find it such a complex journey because at face value, you will see someone who, like, they are like this city. It's got it all together. But it was interesting to read a couple of news articles where the number of social influencers who, who their lives are actually just really break, broken down. One particular person was just like, oh, I had this all together and then I'd never let people see this part of me. And this is actually really who I am. And so it's an incredible journey to walk with our kids and go, oh, can you see this for what it is? Like, is there really truth and is there really transformation in these promises that people are putting forth? Would we be anything like these people of that city as well? You know, there's certain diseases around our world that are are known and most prolific in certain countries. But the disease of having corrupt hearts is everywhere. I love that imagery that Elisha uses because corruption and the the brokenness is that, isn't it just like a salty stream at times? We would recognise that about ourselves. I love how the people of this city are just going, where where could we possibly find healing and restoration for that one thing in our lives that needs sorting? The one thing that's on our hearts and our minds so much, what are we going to do? And into this situation steps Elisha and goes, do you know what? God is ready to meet your need. 
If people are asking the question, well, how can things be made right? How wonderful the good news is that God wants to step into broken humanity and restore it and restore us. I'd like to take the opportunity to um, <clears throat> share a brief video with one of our partners in mission. And it's um, the real, the orchestrator behind the scenes, his name is Al. He's actually one of our pastoral elders, Al Tool. And uh, Al heads up an organisation called Living Water Development. And we didn't plan it that this, that this Sunday we're going to be talking about Elisha and then the work of Al. And so why don't we throw to the screen, it speaks for itself. I won't try and explain, but thanks team. Hey church, Stu Duncan here, and I'm with Al Tool, Director of Living Water Development, one of our partners in mission. And uh, for those who don't know Al, he and the team at LWD, Living Water Development, have been working in international mission-driven community development for over 20 years. Pretty amazing achievement, Al. But last year, Living Water Development embarked on a new campaign in Uganda, uh, and solicited support from One Hope people here and a lot of our people got behind that campaign and uh, we, we've, we're seeing some amazing outcomes. So Al, why don't you tell us a bit about uh, the Mega Voice project for Uganda. What, what's a Mega Voice? Okay, well, we first got inspired by our partners in mission with, with One Hope. Uh, Phil and Carol Short are there in Niger and they've distributed quite a few of these. It inspired me. Here's one of the little puppies here. <laughs> They're uh, digital. Uh, solar powered, pretty well indestructible, and they have 800 hours of gospel on one side with 600 hours of teaching on the other. They can be loaded with a, a remarkable ranges of languages, and the uh, depot for this is in most major cities of uh, the world, like Kampala. And the good thing about this, it allows people to hear the Word of God. They're not a reading culture, they tend to be a listening culture. This really goes well. And they hear it in their heart language because mm. it's in, what did you say, 600 languages, I think you said? Something like that around the world. So a great way for us to get the word out there. So with that in mind, LWD launched a campaign. We got support from our church here at One Hope to, to get the mega voice into this village in Uganda, uh, Ginger. And tell us, El, what's been the outcome because this is really exciting. With the pastor's fraternal of Ginger, which is, by the way, second, second biggest city of Uganda, okay. they were able to distribute these mega voices. 8,000 people be able, were able to dis explore the need for the Word of God in their life, just to refresh these locations on the importance of the Word of God. And pastors were able to bring that. We've seen 3,000 children in children's program. We had big Easter program teaching many of them about communion. Uh, 500 people have been baptised. 1,500 people have had uh, made confessions that we know of. And just today, an update uh, that I received, 186 prisoners have made a confession for Christ and the prison warders too, and uh, with devices. And we've also put some Bibles in there, old, old school Bibles and blankets. And also... Uh, we've seen hundreds of healings and deliverances. That's amazing. Mm. So, Al, to get that, there must have been thousands of these mega voices out there in, in Uganda. Um, 110. 110. Yeah. 110 mega voices. If we just look at that 1,500 stat for people who've made a commitment to Christ, that's 14 people per mega voice mm. made a decision 
to walk with Jesus. That is amazing. So, 110. L, what does a mega voice cost to get to the to actually get to the person in the field? What does it cost? Well, it's a, a, the cost is fifty dollars. That pays for all the loose ends that to get it there and what have you. But it, we actually send the money. It's depoted from Kampala. Right, that's fantastic. That's incredible. So with that success, I understand LWD wants to extend this campaign now. Uh, we want to thank the people who have supported it, but we want to give opportunity for those who perhaps want to support further or you haven't supported and you'd like to get on board to, to get them joining on this program. We're seeing outstanding results from this uh, here, this, and it's a, it's a great opportunity for us to get behind our partner in mission, Living Water Development. All $50 of that $50 goes to getting a mega voice in the hand of somebody there. So the funds are directly used for that. Church, let's get behind LWD, our partner in mission around this program. You can find out more information by uh, clicking the link that will be in Slice over the next few weeks uh, or contact the office. We'll be able to connect you with Al and let you know how you can support this. Al, thanks so much, mate. Love your heart. Love what you're doing here. These are amazing statistics and it's great to be a part of it. Thanks for Thank you. inviting us Thank in. You. How good is that? That's great stuff, like incredible. And um, Stu, I reckon that's the longest we've ever had Al stand still ever. Like, you know, if you know Al, he's always on the go. Al's a qualified plumber. And he's actually probably given the last 10, 15, 20 years to actually going, actually, God's called me. And he didn't go into it there. But the backstory is Al's given so many years to actually helping build wells and pumps and provide in infrastructure for fresh water in uh, communities overseas that otherwise didn't have it or maybe still wouldn't have fresh, clean water. And so I love chatting with Al, and if you get an opportunity to see him around the life of the church, occasionally he's here at our Moolab campus, he'll tell you, like, he's just like, oh, the, like, the clean water stuff is amazing, Jono, but really, like, what I'm looking for opportunity for is the living water, the living water that goes on for eternity, to, the opportunity to introduce people to Jesus. And I love that. Al's such a, 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 an example to us of those two things going hand in hand. Just like, it's the story of Elijah. Like, actually, God wants to speak into your physical circumstances to demonstrate an even greater truth. What he does physically, he wants to do spiritually. What he does in your life, he wants to do deep, deep in, in our hearts. Incredible. And this is where Elijah says, like, well, you got your salty water. Like, why don't you go get me a clean bowl, a bowl that's never been used, and we're going to put some salt in it, and then we're going to chuck it in. And, you th and they're thinking, yeah, i don't, not sure if you've got the... Do we need to explain this again? Like salty water, adding some salt, that's probably not going to solve the issue here, right, mate? Like, but he does it, of course, you know, the clean bowl representing, well, uh, Jesus Christ going, you know, something has to be pure and good. And at the time, of course, salt was the, what was used to preserve foods and to restore stuff and renew things. And so here's Elijah doing, making this declaration. What's going to stop the rot? What's going to see your lives transformed is the work of a perfect, pure vessel. And God wants to speak into your circumstances. And if you've been journeying with us over the last maybe couple of weeks, couple of months, as a church we've been going through and we've been reading about the, uh, the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. And Elijah, his work, his, his, the way he spoke and the way that he acted, it was, it was all about God empowering him to want to get people's attention but the work of Elijah was actually one of absence. He was saying to people, it's not going to rain for years because God, you, you, we are so stubborn. God wants to get our attention. 
and it didn't rain. Yet we turn a bit of a corner with Elisha and it's still the same heart. God is still the same, but actually the work of God is demonstrated through Elisha, through blessing and abundance. And that's what we're looking at here today. I just wonder how long this one thing had impacted those people's lives in that city. It's, ama- it's incredible how long we can uh, allow things to impact us. Um, you've probably heard me mention before, um, there's a gym in town that I really love to go to. I didn't actually ever want to sign up to it. My wife signed me up to it one day. Um, but it, it, it's been um, incredible. And uh, there's a couple of us that go along, like myself and Jesse over here and Georgia. And um, anyway, it's good fun. We have a great time. Who would like to see um, a bit of video of us in action at the gym? All right, so if we can dim the lights, just really briefly, if we can dim the lights, and then I believe we've just got a quick clip of us in action at the gym. This is Jesse coming up. There he is. There you go. That's us. We could only dream to move that quickly. Hey, Jesse, look that good. I was just reflecting the other day as I read through the, this story of Elisha and wondering how long these people had lived with this one thing for. My mind went back to a gym class um, a little while ago where um, there was a class full of people and I was new to the class and in the mid, in kind of maybe 5, 10, 12 minutes into the class, the, there was a quiet moment where the coach or instructor of the class turned to me in front of everyone and said, um, you're clearly not getting this, maybe you should go to a different class. <laughs> and I looked around and no one seemed to say anything and they kept my gaze and so I just... In that moment, I did the walk of shame and I walked out of the class. I got my drink bottle and my towel and I just... And the other day, I just thought, that was 20 years ago. That was 20 years ago that that person said that. And I, I hadn't done any form of group exercise at the gym ever since. Ever. And I will put it down to that comment. And then my mind just went to like, you know, Jesse and I rock it up, up at 20 to 6 on a weekday morning and some of you are just think, taking a deep breath and going, you, why, why are you even doing that? Like that's, uh, but I just think the experience I've had at this particular gym, I love it not because of anything that I can achieve but because the people are warm and non-judgmental and the coaches have only ever been anything, like they've just always been supportive. How long have you been living with some stuff in your life where you just go, oh, there's words that have shaped me and experiences that have, you know, really made an impact on me and it's really natural. Like, I'm sure that gym coach never meant for those words to live in my life for so long. But, you know, we all have stuff where we're on this journey of going like, of being restored and made whole and oftentimes it's because of flippant comments or people wanting to do the best but not really and... You know, whatever those things are for you and I, they're not unimportant. They're they're certainly not unimportant. But when it was quiet the other day and I was reflecting on that story, I just, I felt like God saying to me, but Jono, none of those things are more important than the fact that there's people that you know 
that don't know me. And I was like, God, yeah, of course. Like, what's the connection there? I just thought, yeah, that's true. My experience at the gym was one of like a salty stream that had just poured like this attitude and hurt into my life. And I've stepped into a new experience where it's like good water and healthy and fun and all that stuff. But what about those people that you and I know that all they have ever known and experienced is a salty stream? Where they're just going, this is, is this the best that my life has to offer? Is, is this all there is? And I'm like, oh God, now that makes sense, of course. Because there's just some unchanging truths about God that, you know, the salt, that, that demonstration that Elisha was part of, a miraculous movement of God is still exactly the same today. How can we be made clean? How can we be made right? Like we, even if we, you came in this morning, you're like, I do not even believe in God. What, what are you going to do with those feelings inside yourself that you can't even meet the own standard that you've set for yourself? And this is what Elijah is doing, going, you can be made clean and you can be made whole, but it has to be made, you, you are made right by a perfect vessel and a perfect person. Jesus is the great healer that our hearts are looking for. How many of us would be able to testify to the way that God has poured in living water into our hearts and it's transformed us and it's changed us? God wants to do this incredible thing to bring uh, influence, his influence to our conscious, consciousness and our heart and, you know, with his kindness and love. And even the most committed Christian is in need of that purification. God, throw some salt into the stream of my life because there are moments when I need it and I need purifying. And also, too, how much I, I love what Al is doing because he's... I get to kick around a bit with Alan Elder's meetings and just the demonstration of his life where he just goes, I'm just, I'm just going to be salt to people. Jesus actually said that in the, like, not only is, like, this is where the Bible can be a bit confusing at times where it's like, God is the salt, but then he actually invites us into his work and he says, well, now you're salt as well. You're going to, like that stream, you're going to bring transformation to the world around you. And he chooses to work through us. And I see that in Al. Like, there's been so many obstacles where he's just like, oh, man, couldn't get into this country, and we wanted to dig a well, and we wanted to tell people about Jesus, and I'm just going to keep on praying. And then it's often not in the next moment where Al's like, Jono, two days later, we've got into that country. At times, it's been years later. Years of prayer and perseverance by Al to go, actually, I really believe in this. That not only is God doing something incredible, he's called me to join him. He's called us to join him in that work. A little while ago, we put out a church survey where we asked um, a bunch of questions of ourselves. And one of the answers that came back, that together, we really value wanting to... Um, Share the love of God to our local community. See people come into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus and also disciple them. So disciple is like, you know, helping, helping each other grow in, in the love of God as much as possible. And so learning and growing together. I was interested to read um, when Al was actually chatting. He was saying, oh, there's so many places that you can go to in the world where there's, there's broken down infrastructure Particularly in the developing world, there's well-intended groups have put in pumps and wells, and now they are just left in disarray. I said, oh, why is that, Al? And he's like, 
they forgot to tell people how to use those things for themselves. And so well-meaning people had gone over and set up this pump and then however many weeks or months later the pump stops working, these people go back to their old lives and then there's a goofy-looking bit of stuff there that helped us for a couple of weeks and now that's it. I just think, oh, that is, you know, that, I, I loved it that that survey came, like, brought out our heart saying, actually, we're committed to this. We don't just want people to be like that broken down pump where they learn about the love of God and then don't know what to do with it. It's actually, we're on the journey of going like that living water, the stream is going to keep on flowing. It's not just one moment, it's actually our lives where we're going to go, we're committed to journeying together and helping each other follow Jesus passionately. Because this is the work of what Elijah did. Did you catch it in verse 22? Where it says, And the waters were healed until this very day. It wasn't just temporary or fleeting where Elijah's like, Oh, here's a great work. And, you know, now the pump's broken. It was actually created to continue. And those, just like those, that water flowing through generations, like it was transforming for those people. I think it's so wonderful that we've got the commitment together that we're going to go, Actually, we're here for generations that are not only our own, but the generations to come. We don't want this to be the broken down pump. Actually, we want to, for each other, we want to learn how to use this so like our lives would just be able to steward the flow of living water of what God wants to do in us, in our hearts. I'd like to just finish up our time this morning by taking time to come back around that truth that all of this is only possible because of God's work. Who is the perfect vessel that, that turns brackish, barren water, dirty water into living water in our, in our lives? And that, of course, is Jesus. Who has the power to stop corruption in our hearts? Who has the power to take away the consequences of sin for us? And that is Jesus. That just the best news of all and that today we're going to share in communion together that we can we can pray and we can commit together afresh and say god with the with the living water that only you can provide would that flow into my life and maybe this morning you want to take time as we share in communion together to go you would just go oh and there's just this one thing god there's this one thing that i need to bring before you There's actually something that, in spite of how everything else looks, actually, I just want to bring this one thing to you. Maybe that goes hand in hand with, like Amy Ruth shared, that commitment to go, I know someone who I just want to continue to pray for them and bring them before God and say, God, the the the, just the change that I've experienced in my life when I've come come into your kingdom, come into your family, would you do that in this person's life too? So I'm going to invite all of us to stand, if you would, please, and I'm going to invite the team to come up. There's um, communion elements down the front here, so hosts, if you can um, hold on to those, please. There's also one at the back there as well, a tray at the back. And so um, if you could, could you come and grab the juice um, and the bread and the little two-in-one capsule and then hold on to it together. I'd like us to share in communion together. So grab the elements, take them back to your seat, and then we'll... um, pray just briefly together. Could I invite us um, all to stand please together while we just continue to play on the keys there lightly. Why don't we uh, invite you to just close your eyes for a moment and um, just take a moment to reflect and 
Is there that one thing in your life, in your heart, you want to bring before God this morning? The stream that has been brackish and salty and, you know, you look at your life and you go, oh, that, that is so true. It's like things flourish a little bit, but the fruit never prospers and never grows. And Because the invitation this morning is to invite God to come and be part of that, to bring living water into your heart. Also, too, maybe there's someone on your mind who you, who you know and you're like, oh, you want to just pray on their behalf and say, God, come and, come and intercede in this person's life. Just as I have needed you and I've cried out to you, they need you and I would love to see them cry out to you as well. We're all in desperate need of saving. Maybe you want to bring that person before God just now. You can bring these prayers before God and know that He hears you because because of that that clean cup, that clean bowl uh, held up for us. Uh, Jesus Christ, our our perfect and wonderful Saviour, who set us right with a loving God. That whatever you're praying in your heart right now, that God will hear you and wants to respond. All because of the work of Jesus Christ. Nothing nothing that we could ever do or, or are doing right now, but because of His love for us. And so I'm going to invite us all together, um, just reflect on these words of Scripture where it says, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his followers saying, take and eat, this is my body. Let's eat together. And then Jesus took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink and celebrate together. God, you are so wonderful to us as we sing. We want to celebrate um, not only what you've done in our lives, but we want to sing these words as, a, as our offering of um, faith and thanks to you and uh, our commitment to say, God, come and do something fresh in our life. Come and just like fresh water, new wine, that symbolism of your spirit doing something incredible within us. Let's sing together.